Good morning. Let's thank God one time. Can we just thank him? He gets all the credit. Well, it's an honor to be here. Um, you know, whether you realize it or not, this is one of the most known, greatest churches in all of America and has been for a very, very long time. Long before I ever met Pastor Tommy, I knew him. Uh, I read his books. He mentored me uh, when I had no, I, he had no idea I existed. And, and I want to say this um, because I've told him privately, he's, he's, he's been like a pastor, a mentor, but almost in some ways, my dad died a long time ago, uh, a dad figure to me in a lot of ways. And he has taught me so many valuable things. And Pastor Tommy just doesn't sit down and say, let me teach you. He just talks. And you just, you just glean from it. And so many things he says and has said that I've taken for me personally. And I said, that's, that's mine now. And uh, Pastor Tom, I want to thank you so much. You've been a big impact in my life. And, and then he introduced me to his son, uh, Pastor Luke. And we've become fast friends. In fact, Pastor Luke sits on our board of directors at Legacy Church. And uh, he's been an incredible friend. And I'm grateful to him to that he allows me to come speak to you today. Um, and uh, he, what, what a great work God's doing through him and what he's done through him, how he's just transitioned and God gave him his own vision and I think it's just, it's incredible. And I think his book is gonna be incredible. Anybody survived that um, is, is incredible. And I was around him when he was hurting and he was recovering and you know, he just kept moving forward. Can I, let me say it this way. Just because you serve God, he never said it would be easy. And, and too many people think that. Well, if God loves me, it'll be easy. If God loves me, I'll have no problems. If God loves me, I'll have no issues. And the opposite is true. Um, you know, I always thought if I did what God wanted me to do, things would just flow and be easy. And when I walked into a room, music would be playing, you know, and people would be waving the palm leaves, you know, on, you know cooling me down. And can I tell you something? That is not reality. And I think we got to get it out of our thinking when it comes to that. But today... I'm gonna teach a message that is in line with your series called Strong in Mission. I know Pastor Luke taught Strong Church and, and so, and, and, and here's what I wanna say as a subtitle of this is God wants you. It's not like the army, but God wants you. And he wants you in his kingdom. He wants you, he wants to be able to use you in a good way to help reach other people. Our mission, no matter how big or small, is to get people into heaven. God has chosen you and called you to be his disciple. Evangelism is God's vision, hence the Great Commission. Now, we, we, we know, or maybe you haven't heard, but when, God gave the, when the Lord gave the Great Commission to the church, the first one was in Mark, the second was a few weeks later in Matthew, and then the third one was the day of Pentecost. In Mark, he said, go get people saved. In Matthew, he said, make disciples. So if you're big on evangelism, you need to be big on discipleship. If you're just big on one or the other, you're in one of the other ditches, you get, you get off. You know, people that uh, just wanna get people saved is a great thing, but what are you gonna do with them if you don't disciple them? They'll be in and out. Their, their whole walk will be, won't be with God. It'll be, I'm with God and I'm not because they don't understand God, they don't know God. And the people that just want discipleship, I just wanna go deeper, deeper. I'm gonna say this, I hope it's okay. The people that always have said to me they wanna go deeper to me are always weird. 
Because I'm like, what does that mean? You can't do the basics, but yet you wanna go deeper. So I'm not deep, I don't even know what that means. I'm barely able to do what I know, right, come on. And so I think it's pretty deep to act on what you know. But if you get in one ditch or the other, we've missed God, because you gotta get them saved, you have to disciple them. That's the strong mission for the church. And when you're balanced, it's healthy, people grow. He has commanded all of us, didn't ask us to go and make disciples. This is why it is our job to get people into heaven. Now in Psalms 119, 165, the Bible says, those who love thy law, nothing shall offend them. Pastor Luke is teaching him a series on, on, on Wednesdays about truth. Can I say this to you? If the word of God ever offends you, the word, then, then you really don't love the Lord. I mean, I, I just say, I, I don't maybe I should be nicer. Like I could say it nicer. If you don't, if you get offended with the truth, then you don't love God. I mean, I could say as nice as you want. It still comes out the same way. But it's the truth because we can't know God outside of his word. And I have been in so many church services. I have been, I've served in churches. I've been preaching a long time. And I, I can testify to this. Not one time in my life have I ever been offended when someone preaches the truth? Now, I may have gotten convicted, like, like, ooh, like, oh, man. Even, even as a pastor, when, like, Pastor Tommy comes and he'll be preaching, I'll be, like, getting daggers in my heart, like, oh, man, I need to work on that. I need to get better at this. That's part of growing. But if you get offended over the word or try to change the word, that's what's happening in America today. People are trying to change the truth. First of all, it's not their truth. It's God's truth. And you can't change somebody else's word. And so even as much as you try, so if you get offended when the word of God's being preached, you know, Brad was talking about tithes and offerings, people get offended over talking about money, yet God talks more about money than prayer and love combined. I have never gotten offended over anybody preaching the truth. Now, I have been a little offended when people call it the truth and it's not the truth. That, that's a little offensive. Like, man, you're mocking God. You're blaspheming God. So we have to, if you love the law of God, uh, uh, nothing shall offend you. Everybody say nothing. <laughs> nothing. So we receive it. It may convict us. It may work us. It may, you know, cause us, you know, some grief or remorse or whatever because we know I got to work on something. All of us are a work in progress. Everybody. Everybody's a work in progress. And that's why here at Dream City, you have you know, the, the value of the church with a heart or enlarge our circle of love. That's why those are given. So we have a heart for the lost. We open our circle of love and whoever you let in, you're better off. And every person that walks the earth has a right to God's salvation if they just ask him. They have a right to it. And it's up to us to share that truth with them. See, too many of us are caught up with all the things we need to fix in our lives and have a hard time with, how can God use me? Who am I? Well, if you're, if you're a human being, you're, you're his greatest creative work. Human beings were, I mean, we can look at the sunsets here, they're beautiful, the mountains, I mean, there's so many beautiful things on the earth. We can look at the stars, and of all that, nothing compares to when God created human beings. And we struggle with that. I've had people say it to me forever. How can God use me? Who am I? You're somebody. And can I, I this is a thought for somebody here. People say this, and it's kind of, it's, it's, it's really a false humility. 
well, I don't want to bother God. My problems are not as big. And he's got other people to deal with and bigger problems. Can I tell you something? That sounds okay if you don't know God. But really, it's, it's a dumb statement. And I'll tell you why. Because if all of over 8 billion people on the earth all got born again today and prayed to God, he could answer them all with as ease as he answers one. Because we try to make, and the world tries to make God small, and God's trying to say, I'm big. I'm big. I'm big enough for all this. And so we, we need to understand that, that, that you, you're, you're not a problem to God. I mean, you may have problems, but you're what God came and sent Jesus for. He died for you, and so he wants to use you. Yeah, but I got lots of issues. Welcome to humanity. We all have lots of issues. And the ones that are the healthiest are the ones that recognize they have issues. The ones that are the most unhealthy are the ones who don't recognize they have issues. Those are kind of the self-righteous folks, aren't they? Instead of opening their hand to somebody, they're always pointing their finger. The one thing I love about Dream City is you guys welcome anybody and everybody into your house, into your circle of love. And so we think, we believe at times, we need to be perfect, which will never happen. How many of y'all, think, how many of y'all know people that think they're perfect? Come on. See, now, now I'm going to start fights, right? Not, not fight. Intense fellowship. That's how Christians do it, you know. We don't argue. Hey, do you argue? No, I have intense fellowship. Okay, whatever that is. But I want to say this to you. He is perfect. One of the misconceptions is that Jesus only calls perfect people or people with no issues to be his disciples. It's just not true. People are always struggling with the thought, aren't they? I'm not worthy enough. The truth is none of us are worthy enough until he makes us that way. What I'm trying to do is free people up to serve God, to have the mission to reach the lost, bring them to church. In a few weeks, you're gonna have baptism service. Everybody should be baptized. Well, I've been saved. I don't need to be baptized to be saved. I've heard that for, for so long. And I, and I say, well, maybe you don't, but you do need to be baptized to follow Jesus. So if you're not been baptized, get baptized. How hard can it be? I mean, you don't even have to dunk yourself. Someone else dunks you. <laughs> and then if you're, you know, if you're married to somebody or you, you have a brother, sister, some, a friend you don't really like, then you, you want them to change and you just hand the preacher, we, you know, we, we just slide a little, 20 bucks, but we just hold them under a little longer. <laughs> like, are you gonna yield? Nope, go back, man. We'll double dip you. And, but how, I, it's amazing to me how the ease in which God tells us to follow him and we struggle with it. You know, you're coming up with a new series. Go invite somebody. This is a series that will touch so many hearts and minds. And you think, well, they, they, they won't come to church. How do you know unless you ask? And, and we don't know what God does in the hearts and minds of people until we get them here. When I went to church the first time, I never even had a thought about getting saved. In fact, I didn't even know what saved was. And then I went for like three services and I kept going for some reason and then on one Sunday night the preacher asked if anybody wanted to get saved and there was only 20 of us in the church and my hand went up and I'm literally looking at like why are you up there like it freaked me out because I was terrified to get in front of people I mean not just terrified I was terrified to get in front of people in fact I wouldn't do it and you say well you're up here now yeah it's a miracle 
Even my parents said of my father's five siblings, of all the kids, Steve was the last one I'd ever thought would get in front of people. That's just who, that's what I was. But God, God sees the potential in all of us. And who knows what's in us until we give it to the Lord. I didn't know this. I just got involved. Everybody should serve. I started, I started ushering. I started, you know, driving the bus to pick up college students. I was a college student. I was the head catcher. Back when you had catchers, anybody remember catchers? I was good at it. I mean, I mean, I could just drop, they could just drop. I was like, and then the big old boy would come and I'd say, dude, you're on your own. And then you'd, you know, I'm not catching you. We're both going to fall. I'm not going to get hurt. But they just told me to get involved. So I got involved. They told me to tie, tie. I didn't know we could say no. I didn't. I didn't even know what tithing was. I'm like, I got a what? I said, what is it? I had no idea. That's how dumb I was about the Bible. What is tithing? And then they said, well, you got to give God 10% of your income. And I, now I'm, I'm a college student. I'm a gopher to bank, making about 100 bucks a week. And I'm like, so wait a minute. This is how I thought. Wait a minute. I'm making 100 bucks a week, and God wants $10 of that? And then in my mind, because I'd just gotten saved, I'm like, that's a whole case back there, you know? Like... Seriously. But they said do it, so I'm like, okay, here we go. I didn't care if I got credit for it. I was just like crying a little bit. But I didn't know we could say no. See, that's part of being discipled is understand we don't say no, we just do. Well, I don't understand it. Doesn't mean it doesn't matter if you understand or not. I understand more today than I did yesterday, and hopefully in 20 years, if I'm alive, I'll understand more in 20 years than I do today. See, we're growing, but you gotta honor God. And so we, we struggle with this thought of not being worthy. Listen to Matthew 9, verses 9 through 13. As Jesus was walking along, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at his tax collector's booth. Follow me and be my disciple, Jesus said to him. So Matthew got up and followed him. Later, Matthew invited Jesus and his disciples to his home as dinner guests, along with many tax collectors and other disreputable sinners. But when the Pharisees saw this, they, they asked his disciples, why does your teacher eat with such scum? See, that's the, that's the, the heart we cannot have. When Jesus heard, I love this, when Jesus heard this, he said, healthy people don't need a doctor, sick people do. Then he added, now go and learn the meaning of this scripture. I want you to show mercy, not offer sacrifices. For I've come to call not those who think they are righteous, but those who know they are sinners. Who is that? Us. Us. We, we're, we're in that, well, I'm not a sinner, I'm saved. Yeah, you might be saved, but you still were a sinner saved by God's grace. So imagine this scene. You've got to imagine it in, in their world. Imagine this scene. Matthew, a tax collector, one of the most despised people in all of Jewish society. They considered them traitors because they stole from the people. Remember Zacchaeus? First thing he did was give back to anybody. He took something he shouldn't have taken. He charged them too much interest. He cheated them. He lied to them. They were considered traitors to the whole Jewish cause. And Jesus walks by this person. I mean, they were worse than the IRS. And so they, 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 he walks by him and just says, follow me. Matthew gets right up and starts following him. And then he goes to his house, and what do people do? They balk. But where are we supposed to shine our light? 
People would just want to shine it in the king, in the church, and we should. But man, when we're out in the world, in that dark world, we should be shining as bright as we can be. We should be bright. And, and you say, but people reject me. They get mad at me because when darkness comes into light, what do you do when you come from a dark place into a light? You're like, oh my goodness. And that's how they see it until their eyes are open. And then they come to know the light. Just like all of us. All of us came from somewhere. Well, I wasn't that bad. Yeah, but you were still lost. I didn't do these things. Yeah, but you were still lost. And so he goes and sits with them and they begin to criticize him. Who are we supposed to sit with? We're supposed to go reach those who are lost. See, yet Jesus doesn't hesitate. He doesn't give Matthew an application to fill out or put him on probation. He simply says this, follow me. I think that's what he's saying to all of us today. Just follow me. Yeah, but I got all these issues. We understand that. And can I say this? 20 years from now, you'll still have issues. But here's what we understand when we have a Lord, we're working on those issues. And we may struggle with them for a while, but we can overcome them. Then when you overcome those, you think I made it, and it's like, oh, now I gotta deal with this. So why is this significant? Because in Jesus' eyes, none of us are inherently worthy. He makes us worthy. He calls us not because of our goodness, but despite our flaws. Isn't it interesting how the world talks and thinks, and you'll hear this a lot of times even by Christians. Well, Aunt Susie, she was such a sweetheart. She never went to church. She didn't serve God, but she's such a sweetheart and a good person. Surely God lets her into his heaven like you can earn it. Isn't it funny how we talk? They're good people. Yeah, but they're lost. They're sinners. But they're good people. That's not even relevant. Jesus made it where it wasn't relevant. When the the rich ruler, young ruler came up to him and said, good master. And what is he? He stops the whole conversation and said, "There's, there's only one good and that's God, not me. Don't call me good. Yet we call ourselves good all the time. I'm a good person. Are you? I've never offended anybody. How do you know that? If you've ever driven slow in the left lane, you've offended a bunch of people. I mean, that's a fence waiting to happen. Like, move over. It's for the speeders. That's where we want to drive. You say, you speed? Yeah, I believe that you should obey the law of the lands, but some of them are just ungodly. And to me, the speed limit has to be one. Especially in New Mexico, you can drive forever and never see a car, and it's 55. I'm like, yeah, right plus 40, and then I'm going, you know. But you don't, you can't say that. People say it all the time. I don't hurt anybody. How do you know? You can't know that. I'm sure I've offended a lot of people because I, I, I got a big mouth, and I live in a very interesting state, and we have a governor that's crazy, and I, I let her know it all the time. Because I'm so quiet, meek, and mild. But despite our flaws, God uses us and wants to. You see, there's a deception in thinking that any of us could be good enough for God. This idea that we can earn our way to heaven, that we can make ourselves worthy is not true. The truth is we just can't do it. Our worthiness comes from Jesus and his sacrifice, not from our deeds and status. 
You are saved by grace, lest any of us should boast. But once you're saved, you are saved to do good works. There's works that God has called you to do. But people say, I'm busy. We're too busy for God. God gave you life. Every gift and talent you have came from him. And we say, but I'm not, I'm just too busy to serve. To serve God, the one who gave you everything you have? Your whole life, your intellect, your, your, your gifts and talents? I mean, really, we can't, we can't do anything for the kingdom? How hard is it to usher? I'm no usher. I used to say that too. When I went to Bible school, I started preaching and, and um, in prisons and all that, God ordained and Pastor Willie George, the church I was attending at the time, he gets up and says, I'm not preaching until I get 10 people to usher. And I remember right before that, the usher that we sat in that same area, how many of y'all sit in the same place usually? Around the same place, yeah. I was sitting in the same place and this usher got to know us and said, Steve, you ever thought about being an usher? And I, I didn't say, I was trying to be polite and I'm like, uh, you know, inside I'm like, I'm no usher. I'm just not an usher. And then my wife, you know, sometimes our wives think they're the Holy Spirit. Come on. And she's like, you should be an usher. And I said, I don't care if he preaches at all today. I'm not going to be one of the 10. That's exactly what I said. And then the next day I was driving my UPS truck and the Lord, this, just, this thought came to my brain and said, if you won't serve me from here, you'll never serve me from there. Can I tell you something? A lot of us in this place are hindering what God wants to do with us because we just won't humble ourselves and help somebody else. How hard is it to door greet? I saw the door greeters at the Scottsdale campus. This campus is very gracious. They made me feel welcome. Isn't that what we're supposed to do? How hard is it, guys? Well, I don't know enough. How, how much do you have to know to pass a bucket? Just put a smile on your face. Yeah, we want your money. Come on, let's get it I, I've been in those churches sometimes where they have the poles. Past time, remember the poles with the thing? And it was like, if I had a pole, I'd be like, you didn't give it up, buddy. Come on. I just, I just leave it hanging there like, come on, give it up. But God wants to use all of us in some way. And when we're out and about with friends and family and workers and wherever we go, we are supposed to be light. And you say, but how can God use me? Because he wants to. Luke 5.32 says, I have come to call not those who think they are righteous, but those who know they are sinners and need to repent. That's who he's calling all of us and our imperfections and all of our issues. Jesus doesn't call the perfect because if he did, none of us would be called. He calls the broken, the lost, the sinners, us. Why? Because he is perfect enough for all of us. His perfection covers our imperfections. It doesn't mean we just, we don't try to get better. We do strive to get better. That's why you learn to repent. I've said this, I, I should be in the hall of fame for repenters. I'm like an all-American if I was in college. In the pros, I'm a, I'm, I'm a pro bowler in repenting. People say, why is that? Because I always wanna stay connected to God and I know I make mistakes, come on. And God still uses me. I don't, feel, I don't feel worthy enough to be up here. I know me, just like you know you. Every thought you've had, everything you've done, everything you, whatever you've done, you know. And God says, that's okay. I can still use you if you let me. If you'll just trust me. It's not a license to sin, folks, but it is, it is understanding that God uses all of us. I don't know how many times I've stood next to my wife before preaching, literally. And we always hold hands when we worship, always. 
and we're, 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 you know, and she always does my left side, and so I'm, I'm, hold, I'm holding her hand, you know. But then we have, sometimes we have moments where we're not happy, and we, we've had some intense fellowship of our own. <laughs> true story. My wife will tell you it's true. And we're standing there, and I'm like, nope, nope. And I'm like, nope. I'm not even singing like, praise the Lord. I love you, Lord. I mean, I'm so mad. But then I realize it's getting closer for me to come up. And I'm like, oh, God, I don't want to do this. So I look over at her and I said, Cynthia, I'm so sorry. And she, she just blesses me with these words. You're just doing that because you got to go preach now. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like I don't want to die up here or something. Like, get up here and say, hey, be good to your wife. Zap, like you're done. Yes, that's what I'm trying to do. But she's not having any of it. You know, my wife would be a whole lot better off if she just listened to me. That's all I know right there. People ask me all the time, how's your wife? Well, if she listens to me, she's fine. So I said, now you know how she's doing because she doesn't ever listen to me. But you know what? We're all human. We're all just people. Doing what God's called us to do, whatever it is. But we're supposed to share our faith. He calls people who will answer his call and leave their old lives behind just like that. Matthew left his old life behind. A lot of us, we, we wanna serve God, but we don't wanna leave our old life behind. And folks, there's some things gonna happen to you when you leave your old life behind. When I first got saved, no one told me anything. All I know is I got saved, something happened to me. So I, I was still going to party some. I wasn't really partying much, but I was going to them because that's all I knew. That's what my friends did. And one day I go to this party and there's this guy, he played tennis, so we knew him because we were all ath, in ath, you know, athletics. And, and I was talking to his name, was Mark, and I'm like, Mark, man, this is what happened to me. And we're sitting in the kitchen of this party and he starts crying and I'm like, why are you crying? Stop it. I didn't understand God. I was just sharing, this is what Jesus did. I got saved, I didn't even know how to explain it. I just explained what I knew, that God changed my life. You just gotta say yes to Jesus. And he's crying, and he says, well, pray with me. I'm like, what? I'd only been saved like weeks, and I'm like, okay, here we go. Jesus, Jesus, save me, save me, and bam! Hallelujah! And he's crying, and so I walk out, and one of the guys that I grew up with looked at me and said, you need to leave. I said, I need to what? He goes, you're a bummer. You're just ruining the party. And I, I've never been asked to leave a party in my life. I'm like, what? Are you serious? And that day I realized I lost every friend I ever had. And I had a choice. Either I could say, no, give me a beer and I'll start drinking again or leave. So I left. I didn't know. No one told me I'd lose all my friends. So you have to leave your old life behind. And so many of us want to keep our old life and have the new life. And you have to leave that stuff behind. You have to stop doing things, some things you were doing, and start doing what God does. Instead of going to bars, you go to church. Instead of drinking the suds, you're drinking the word. And you're being washed by the water of the word, the power of the word. And we gotta change where we hang out. We gotta change. Sometimes you gotta change your friends. Now, you can go back and reach your friends, but we don't keep partying with our friends and think, well, I'm gonna reach them. No, you're not. We've got to fall. That's what Matthew did. He just left his life. 1 Timothy 1.15 says, this is a trustworthy saying and everyone should accept it. Jesus or Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners 
and I am the worst of them all, Paul said. If Paul, one of the greatest apostles ever, saw himself as unworthy, who are we to claim worthiness on our own? The King James says, he says, I'm the chief of sinners. And yet God used him. He put Christians in prison and separated families. I've not done that, but I've done some things. And yet God still uses me. People say, well, I'm not worthy enough to be used. Yes, you are. Not because of what you did, but because of what Jesus did. And how do you know when you're working on your life? If you're struggling in your life, thank God, because you're recognizing something's right and something's wrong. Well, I struggle. We all struggle. Some people are just more honest about it than others. You may have the appearance. See, what's happening to the church today in America is we've been whitewashed instead of bloodwashed. We honor God with our lips, but our heart's far from him. Well, how do I know if my heart's with him? Are you struggling? Are you recognizing some things are right and some things are wrong? Are you trying to get better at some things and working through some things? See, again, the Bible says we're saved by grace, lest any man should boast. It's not, you can't earn what God gives you. You can't, you don't deserve it. He just gives us salvation. We have to receive it, and then we have to learn to follow him. It's understanding God's love for us that changes us. God's love for you is unconditional. I love this statement. There is nothing you can do to make God love you more, and nothing you can do to make God love you less. Well, God was, we hear people say, God's mad at me. God's irritated at me. If God was mad at you and irritated at you, you wouldn't be here. He's long suffering, which means he don't get irritated or angry. He just keeps loving you through all your stuff. As long as we're just willing to do what he asks. As long as we're willing to do what he asks. Christianity isn't reserved for the worthy. It's reserved for anyone who is willing to follow him and let go of their past. C.S. Lewis said, God doesn't want something from us. He simply wants us. So what does this mean for us as a church, as individuals? It means our mission isn't to condemn, but to invite. To reach out to those whose society may label as unworthy and extend the same invitation Jesus extended to Matthew and all of us, follow me follow him and if you ever feel like you aren't worthy enough remember that Jesus used a bunch of flawed people to share hope to a flawed world Abraham was old Elijah was suicidal Joseph was abused Job went bankrupt lost everything Moses had a speech problem Gideon was afraid Rahab was a prostitute Samaritan woman divorced and living with a man Jeremiah was young. Jacob was a cheater. David was an adulterer and a murderer. Jonah ran from God. Naomi was a widow. Peter denied Christ three times. Martha worried about everything. Zacchaeus was small and greedy and dishonest. Paul, a Pharisee, persecuted Christians before becoming one. You see, here's the thought. The church is not a museum for saints, but a hospital for sinners. That's what the kingdom is. And if you're going to be strong in mission, we have to let God use us no matter what we're going through, no matter what we're facing in life. And when conviction comes, it's because God is trying to convince you that his ways are the right ways. He's trying to get you in line with him. 
And so when the word of God's being preached, we should, we should just take it in like, God, what does that mean for me? Because so many people in our world today don't think we're worthy enough to do anything for the kingdom. And God says, you don't understand. I made you worthy of my sacrifice. I've given you the ability to come before the throne room of grace where you may obtain mercy in time of need. Can I say this to you? I've been saved a long time now. Probably the last two years, two and a half years, I've learned more about God's grace and mercy than in my entire Christian life. I've just learned more about it how, because I always thought God was out to get me. Like if I messed up, bam, you're done. And I used to just grieve over my mess ups or when I said something or whatever it was. And, and I used to think God's just out to expose and, and to get rid of because that's what I saw kind of. But the Bible says that the love covers a multitude of sin. God's not trying to expose your sin other than to you so you can repent of it so he can help you and strengthen you and, and give you a better life to live. To get free, to humble yourself. He gives grace to the humble. God, I'm broken. God, I'm lost. God, I'm hurting. God, I've choked. I've made mistakes in my life. And he goes, I know all of them. I know them better than you do. But I still love you. I'll still save you. I'll still use you if you're willing to be a vessel for the kingdom. No matter where you're at, whether it's on a plane, at work, we're supposed to be light. But who am I to tell somebody? I, I, we're, we're all somebody to tell people about Jesus. He's the only savior of the world. There is no other hope in the world besides Jesus. And if you're gonna be strong in mission, which this church is, Bring your friends and family. I'm going to tell you, the return of the gods, bring your friends. It'll freak them out in a good way. They'll be like, I didn't realize church was like this. Because most people from the world will think, you know, people say to me all the time, man, if I go to church, light not a strike from heaven. You know what I tell them now? I, I'd like to see that. I mean, wouldn't you? Wouldn't that be cool? Like you brought somebody, I just won't sit next to you, sit six seats from them, and then all of a sudden they start doing it and say, whap, like zap, like Man, I want to see it again. I'll bring somebody else. I mean, wouldn't it be, I mean, people make these statements like, God, God will give me, like, if he did, I want to watch, I want to be able to say, I was in church, this lightning came through the roof and zapped this old boy. He must have been a bad dude. Now he's a crispy critter. It doesn't work like that. He's not trying to get you in a bad way. He's trying to get you in a good way says, would you be my mouthpiece? Would you be my light in this dark world wherever you go, working through your issues and your problems to be strong in mission? Let's be that. Let's be that to the kingdom. Let's be that to those that we come in contact with every day. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you for being here. I thank you, God, for your grace and your mercy you have on all of us. May we learn it more and more. May we not be harsh and hard legalistic and religious. May we be life-giving, not pointing our fingers, but extending a hand and says, you know, everybody's welcome in the kingdom. But to be welcomed by God, you have to be just willing to leave your past. You have to go forward with him, whatever he leads us. And you'll only know that through his word. That's why you gotta be in church to learn and to grow. You have to have a church home where you're rooted and planted. But God, use us all. 
May we go out this next week and the week after and, and invite our friends and family. And Father, watch what you do. We, we believe right now that when they come, the Holy Spirit will move on their hearts and minds and they'll become born again. They'll become followers of Christ. You'll call them to follow you and they'll say yes. Because there's something you can do in our hearts and minds that no man can do. We just got to put them in the environment, God, to hear from heaven and let them know and they learn that, God, you love them. You're not out to get them. You're out to help them. And so, Father, may that be our, our cause as we become strong in mission, stronger than we've ever been before, realizing that we shouldn't even want our worst enemy to go to hell. We should want people to make heaven, and that's our responsibility is to get them to you so they can go to heaven. So, Father, teach us all, help us all. Forgive us always when we repent. And I thank you for that in Jesus' name. If you're here with every head bowed just for a moment, you say, preacher, would you pray with me? I've walked with God, but I've walked away. I wanna come home today. You're right, I was feeling worthless and like God doesn't care. And you just said, God, God can't love me anymore or any less. I wanna come home because he's such a good God. He just wants to bless you. He wants to help you. He doesn't wanna condemn you. He wants to give you life life that only he can give or if you're here and you say preacher would you pray with me I've never really made Jesus Lord of my life so many people want salvation which is great we should but they almost use it like fire insurance God doesn't sell insurance he gives us life and eternal life and that means we have to ask him to be Lord of our life that means we have a leader that's why we repent you know why we repent because we recognize we're accountable to somebody else to God himself and we, we need his forgiveness we need his help in our lives and he'll receive you every time and forgive you every time well how many times will God forgive me how many times can you repent he's not the God of another uh, the second chance he's, he's the God of another chance just another chance and another chance I've needed probably millions how many of you need it He's that God if we choose to believe in him today. So if that's you and you say, preacher, would you pray with me? Right where you're seated. You say yes to the Lord. Yeah, I'm ready to get it right. I'm gonna start following him. I'm gonna learn more about him through his word. That's why you have such great preachers here with Pastor Luke, Pastor Tommy, and the other ones. They teach you the truth. And when you know the truth, the truth you know will set you free. That's what we need in our world today is freedom in our minds. If that's you, right where you see it, in Jesus' name, you say, include me in your prayer. Be in the balcony, on the floor section. In Jesus' name, are you ready? I'm gonna ask you to do one simple thing. If you say, yes, that's me, would you please just lift your hand all over this place? God bless you, 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 God bless you. God bless you, God bless you, God bless you, God bless you. Wow, God bless you, God bless you, God bless you, God bless you. God loves you, God bless you, sir. God bless you, God bless you, God bless you. God bless you, God bless you, God bless you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. I can't see in the balconies, but man, you just, thank you. I can see some hands up there. Thank you, God bless you, God bless you. Thank you. So many hands, you know why? Because you're recognizing the love and the kindness of an almighty God just want you in his family. Now it's time to follow him. Would you pray this prayer aloud with me right where you're seated? Would you pray, God? I want everybody to pray in support of those who lift in their hand. This is strong in mission. We're going to support those who lift their hand. If you lifted your hand, you pray this aloud. The Bible says we believe in our heart and confess with our mouths. Would you pray, God? I choose to believe in your son, Jesus. And I believe he's the only way. 
And you raised him from the dead to give me a new life. So with my heart today, I choose to believe. And now with my mouth, I willingly confess, Jesus, be Lord of my life. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for helping me. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for forgiving me. I choose you, Lord. Thank you for choosing me. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Let's thank the Lord, church, if you would. Thank you so much. God bless your dream setting.